Welcome to Bear and Balance. I'm Jeff Burkus, a writer for Windy City Gridiron, and I'm joined by the editor of that fine website, Lester A. Wiltfong Jr. Lester, anything interesting happened yesterday? It's a Bears victory Monday, my friend. It's uh, it's it's unexpected, but it's a uh, it's a good one. I'll take it. Yeah, the Bears uh, seven point underdogs managed to take a 19 to 10 victory off of the San Francisco 49ers who came to town were met with rain, which you would think in San Francisco, they would understand rain, but uh, they melted away under under the soggy conditions at Soldier Field, which it looked like uh, a slip and slide by the end of the game. And that's, yeah. that's how the players certainly took advantage of that in the end zone with one of the most iconic shots in recent memory here. But uh, a, an unexpected and very pleasant way to start off the 2022 NFL season. I loved hearing that it was an offensive lineman who gave uh, Justin Fields the idea to lead the team down there and do that slip and side move. That's that's classic right there. Which all one was it? He, he didn't say who it was. He, yeah. In his press conference, he said he said he wasn't sure. He said he thought it was an old lineman that mentioned it. So I'm going to go with it. It was an offensive lineman. Yeah. Well, I mean, that, and honestly, yeah. it only makes sense, right? Yeah. I mean, offensive linemen are generally the ones that want to do belly flops into the pool. And, <laughs> uh, you know, they're the ones wanting to set up the slip and slide because they bring a little bit more to the table. There's a yeah. little bit more cushion when they uh, execute that slip and slide move. So, uh, you know, they are uniquely built for that. So, well, we'll get into the categories here. We got a lot to talk about because there was a lot of interesting stuff that happened. I don't know how much you can take away on a game like this because of the field conditions and sort of the, the, the sloppiness and the back and forth and all that, but it, you know, it's football, it's real football. It counts in the, in the actual win column. And so there are some things that we're going to go through. We are going to start off this show like we do every show with our trench tribute. And this year we're partnering with our friends at Portillo's a uh, hundred dollar gift card. If you're interested in Portillo's and you say, you know what, I don't have one that that's close to me. doesn't matter. They ship all across the United States. So it's good if you're in the United States, get in this thing. We're trying to give away $100 every week. Comment on Twitter, comment on the webpage, send Lester an email if you're listening to this podcast, comment on the YouTube. But by the way, if you comment on the YouTube, you might have to back that up with something where we can track you down because what happened last time, Lester? Uh, we're still waiting on the last week's winner, uh, the the winner from the preseason game to, to let us know how to contact them to send them his, his gift card. Yeah, yeah. So if if you maybe want to go back and check if you won Just that check one. if that was you, because yeah, because basically all we're asked to do is is comment with your trends tribute of the week, uh, wherever you're watching this or listening to us. If you're watching it on on YouTube uh, at WCG, if you're watching us through via Twitter or Facebook, or if you're listening on a podcast, same way. If, if you're ever listening to us, send us that email for the for the uh, podcast guys at. What is our email? Second city gridiron at gmail.com and at second two nd second city gridiron. And uh, we'll, we'll get you entered in the contest there as well. We want to give away 100 bucks every week. We want to give it away. Yeah. I mean, again, Lester would gladly go spend that gladly for you, but that's not how we're doing this. We are yeah. we're trying to get these into your hands. So uh, please, if you win, if, you're, if your name is drawn, make sure that you're claiming this. So let's let's talk about who we pick for this. Um, I believe it's your turn to go first this week. I'll go first. I'm going to do a, a tag team here. Okay. And I'm going to go with the, the right guard combination of Tevin Jenkins and Lucas Patrick. I wasn't a fan of what they were doing. But then 
I saw what was happening and I'm like, you know what? I kind of came around to it towards as the game went on because Tevin Jenkins is playing well. Patrick came in, played pretty, pretty good as well. Patrick's part of this, this O line in the future. He just got to get his hand right. So, you know what? If, if they got to steal some reps here and there, somewhere on that line, I guess it does kind of make sense to go there at right guard. Let him get, let him get his, 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 his conditioning back. Let him get used to what's going on on, on the field. And then once that cast comes off, we know he's going to go to center. Mustfer comes to the bench, and Mustfer, he, he was okay in the game as well. So it, it was a, a, a really odd thing to do, rotating the guard, but it worked. And it seems like the players are fighting with it, and, hey, Bears got a, a victory from it. Yeah, I, I went back and watched the game today, obviously, to prep for this show, and and I was I kept stealing glances over at the right guard position because I think I w- would like to maybe go back and focus in on Tevin Jenkins' reps for Bears over Beers this week. And it was it was a little weird to see that back and forth at guard just because you don't see that very often where offensive linemen are, are, are switching in and out. But overall, I think you do have to kind of tip your cap to this plan because they do want to make sure that they're getting – Patrick in game shape. They want to make him part of this. Doesn't make any sense to take out Cody Whitehair when he's established there. Um, you know, you, you're not going to have anybody else snap. You know, you, you now have committed to Sam Musfer as your backup center. So it really is the only spot that he can he can really get reps in. Um, so it, it works. It's it's interesting. It's different, but it's probably not how I would have played it. But I think I think it did work. So we, we unconventional to, to say the least. It was very yeah, unconventional. definitely unconventional. It's just you're just not used to seeing those big guys have have that uh, rotation. So for me, I'm gonna I'll take the obvious one. I'm gonna take Dominic Robinson, uh, sack and a half on his debut, and not only a sack and a half, but only on 28 snaps. So there was a really good uh, defensive end rotation. He had about as many snaps as uh, Travis Gibson, I believe. The, the snap count was pretty similar between those two guys. Really, I thought, played really well with those snaps, particularly the, the pass rushing snaps. His full sack, the, the sack that he was credited uh, full sack against, was uh, rushing on the right tackle against uh, McGlinchey. He was a fairly good right tackle in this league. And we talked a lot about how, you know, this is this is a uh, – Robinson's a guy that has a lot of speed and he wants to kind of speed off the edge and he's not going to be really that useful until he figures out a counter. And I don't know if you looked at that pass rush move, but he did a very nice job of, of batting away the punch and then hopping inside. So he beat McGlinchey inside with a very, it's a, it's a speed move, but it's, it's to the inside after he beats his hands back, which I thought was a really slick move, caught him, caught the, caught the punch in midair and then did this like, hopped to the inside and got in and got Lance, who's not going to be an easy guy to bring down. So that, that was a, it was a really nice play there. The half sack he's on the other side, he's rushing against Trent Williams and, you know, he's stymied, uh, you know, his, his rush has stopped, which, you know, as Trent Williams does. Right. Yeah. And then he's, he's working back as, as Lance is stepping up, looking for, for a way to scramble out. He's, he's working back and he's and, and Williams is holding him, which, you know, and on the one hand, um, that happens. That that's not necessarily a hold unless you show the official that it's a hold. So so he has two choices: either like kind of continue to be held and work back, and which is what he did, and he was able to get credited for half a sack with with uh, Roquan, um, or he needs to learn how to like make a show of that. 
if he feels like he's getting held, he needs to kind of show that he's trying to get away and and show that that jersey ripping off of off of him. Um, that that's honestly how you get the flags here, especially with, against a guy like Williams, who's who's a savvy pro. Williams probably would have let him go had he made that move and he might have gotten away just a split second free might have had the whole sack to himself those are little things i think he'll probably pick up on but again first one great move great speed second one with the shared sack great determination to work his way back and and clean it up with roquan you know we talked about him in the preseason a little bit and he had a couple nice plays in preseason all based on his speed and you know we mentioned that you know where some bears fans were fawning over him we were both like, well, you know, the speed's one thing. Let's get there. But there's other rushes. He got stymied. He had no counter for it. Here we are, week one. He shows a counter. And I, I saw something on Twitter. This was a, a Robert Quinn move that he used. It's where he – it's like a, a jumping cross chop or something they call it. So the, the fact that he's learning already at this point in his, in his career where he's a former quarterback turned receiver, now defensive end, I think that bodes well for his future. I think they call that like a Euro chop or a Euro, yes. like there's like a Euro step or something. Euro like step, that yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't know exactly what the what the official pass rushing yeah. term is, but definitely the that hand fighting, which is always interesting uh, to watch. Uh, but he he caught McGlinchey's hands as he's punching to push him side, and then there's it's almost like a jump cut from a running back. Yeah. Um, to, to jump inside and he's got him beat and then it's a quick pass to the quarterback. It was really slick. It was very and, nice. And then the sack itself though, one hand. Oh, the, the yes, the grip him. strength. Oh my God. Just ripped him down, said not, you know, no soup for you. He said, well, and that, and that, that grip strength stuff is, is not something to be overlooked either. There's no. plenty of times where a guy's going to grab and, and it's wet. I mean, this, this is a very, <laughs> obviously, uh, tons of rain. So it was very wet. I don't know how that's possible that he was able to grab on and then and then sling him down um, with that grip strength. So uh, pretty awesome. That was a pretty it's awesome sack. Yeah, great, sure. great first one to have. Hopefully we'll be talking about, you know, dozens and dozens more in his career. So very excited for him. Uh, let's move on to Twitter. What did you pick up from Twitter this week? I saw a cool tweet from Nick Wagner, who is an ESPN writer from the Bay Area, uh, at N. Wagner. Bears did not blitz 49ers quarterback Trey Lance on any of his 34 dropbacks Sunday. Lance is the seventh QB in the last 15 seasons to drop back to pass 30 or more times and not face a blitz. Quarterbacks in those situations are one and six. Oh, This, this just kind of bodes well to – this is the Bears system. We talk a lot about how it has owed to the Tampa 2. Lovey Smith never blitzed back in the day. He expects his front four to get the pressure. He expects his, his his back seven to cover. Same thing here. So I did want to talk a little bit about one thing that there was a, a little argument going on in, in this Twitter thread. And someone said, oh, no, they blitzed the Roquan one player or one of the inside backers. And they did send the linebacker, but they dropped the defensive end, thus only rushing four. And a blitz is five or more players. No matter how it comes from, it's that's what a blitz is. I know people say, well, what about a zone blitz? It's just called a zone blitz. It's not really a blitz if it's still only going to be four guys. So we'll, we'll see some zone blitz technique from the Bears. Uh, we, we've seen it all through preseason. It's a wrinkle that that they do. We didn't see much from back in the Lovey area. It's a, uh, a Coach Fluss kind of thing. So I think it's kind of cool. So, man, if you can get to the quarterback, which they did without blitzing, again, bodes well for the future of this defense. 
And I think that really underscores that defensive line rotation that we already just mentioned already, right? Where Dominic Robinson got a lot of reps. Travis Gibson got a lot of reps. Obviously, Robert Quinn got the lion's share of, of defensive end reps. And you've got Muhammad, who also had a lot of reps as well. Those are just the ends. Obviously, you're going to have internal or the uh, inside defensive linemen, interior defensive linemen that are, that are going to have that rotation as well. And uh, Greg uh, Gabriel mentioned that like they they're going to plan uh, is to send a ton of these guys. These guys they're not going to have ninety five percent snaps. That's not how this this system works. You're going to try to keep guys fresh, and I think we saw that evidenced here in this first game. And that's you know in a in a in effect that's the linchpin of this defense is to keep those guys fresh so they can get pressure. And they're not just kind of taking plays off. They're not tired, right? So that makes a lot of sense there. Um, that's an impressive stat, though. And let's at least mention the quote where I don't remember who said it, but someone on defense said, we made him play quarterback. And if was, you guys... Uh, Jalen Johnson made that oh, Jalen Johnson? Yeah, okay. Yeah. If you remember, that that same quote was said by Packers defenders a couple of years ago on, on uh, Trubisky, right? Like that was you know, kind of stings. Yeah. Right. Like they's like, Oh, we just made him play quarterback. Meaning like we just sat back and made him try to pick us apart. And they would never do something like that to, you know, an established quarterback that, you know, can, can pick you apart. But someone like Trey Lance, who's making a very early start in his career, they're like, well, we're, we made him play quarterback and it sure didn't work out. So it, it's uh, it's nice to be on the other side of that. <laughs> it's nice to be cheering for the team that is saying that quote and yeah. not the other way around. So um, I, I'm i going to highlight our friend uh, Jack Silverstein, who uh, he was all on top of this penalty. So uh, this is in regards to the the penalty that they threw on uh, punter Trenton Gill, which, which hurt my heart, like going after my guy. But he uh jack says I, i've looked through all 124 uses <laughs> of the unsportsmanlike conduct penalty uh in the 2022 nfl rule book and i haven't found a reference to what this is yet so here let me just start by saying this is not an exaggeration from jack jack while watching the game is pulling out the 2022 nfl rule book and going to unsportsmanlike conduct which was the call on the field and he's looking at all 124 use cases on how you can call unsportsmanlike conduct. And he's not finding a way to call that penalty against what happened on the field. For those of you that somehow missed this, uh, late in the first half, uh, the field goal team comes out. The holder, who's also the punter, Trenton Gill, takes a giant towel <laughs> and tries to soak up some of the water. Uh, Cairo Santos comes down and like kind of presses the, 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 the towel into the, into the turf to try to soak up some of the water. And then Gil throws it behind him to line up for the, the spot. And they blow it dead before the kick even started. And they tag him with a 15-yard penalty. And from everything that Jack is seeing, it's either like a five-yard penalty or it needed to be, you know, some kind of warning or something like that. So if we think that the call was blown, it was it was maybe too many yards, and maybe it's a five-yard infraction, not a fifteen-yard infraction, or it just needed to be some kind of warning of some sort. What what was your take on this? Has it happened? Had you ever even heard of something like this? And what do you think in the aftermath? It was a very strange uh, call. Uh, I was like Jack; I'd never heard of it. I mean, he's doing the research, you know, he's looking for it. It's, it was cool though. Cause Cairo Santos, he took the blame for it. You know, after the game, he said it was his call and you know, what they were trying to do was 
it wasn't because he wanted to, to soak all the water up, which is part, that's part of it, but he wanted to flatten down the grass. I guess that's one thing they always do is they always flatten it down. And, you know, he, he didn't want to use his foot to do it because he didn't want to get his foot, you know, uh, soaked. So they used the towel. It was just really a strange situation, but that, that was a big ass towel though. It was like a beach towel style towel. You know, I think if it was one of the smaller ones. They might've, you know, might've snuck it off there, but it was really, really strange. So I have, I have two points. One, we're missing an opportunity by not making beach towels with Trenton Gill's like, you know, nickname, His nickname the guillotine, and, you know, yeah. the guillotine on it. Right. You know, and like some sort of clever little, little saying for this, like, you know, we'll, we'll work on the beach towels too. I understand it probably should be some sort of infraction, right? Like I don't think 15 yards makes a lot of sense, but I understand you can't just like bring out beach towels and then throw them behind you on the field <laughs> of play. Um, I do think that given the circumstances, they could have just like stopped the play and like, you know, warned both sides or something, or the, you know, given the the conditions of the field, this may have been a point of emphasis is that, you know, the referees meet with both teams before the game. They don't meet with all the players, but they meet with like coaches to meet with somebody. Right. You just say, Hey man, it's really damp out there. Just a reminder. Here's this obscure rule that you've never heard of. Don't bring a towel onto the field yeah. to try to like mess with the surface. That's, that's, you know, we're going to call a penalty on that. Without that warning, I just don't know how, you know, that that makes a ton of sense. I know teams are supposed to know the entire rule book. You know, it, ultimately it's on the Bears for not understanding yes. it. You want to you blame the special teams coach. You want to blame Kyle Santos. You want to blame Trent Gill. Fine. Like, I think that just the the courtesy of of how, you know, these things go, if you've ever been like an umpire at a baseball game or a referee at a football game, you generally give a little bit of heads up on things that you're worried about. And I, I think that that probably could have been handled a little better. It ultimately didn't matter, but at the time it sure felt big. Yeah. I mean, the bears, you know, that's, I mean, he could have missed the kick, but it's, it could have been a three point swing there. And, you know, it's uh, at the end of the day, it didn't matter, but that was just a weird one. And it's just weird. Cause these things happen to the bears. Right. Like this is, you know, I'm sure the other fan bases feel the same way, but man, we really think this is like, that's like a bearsy thing to have happen all the time. Right. Yeah. It's almost like the, the John Fox challenging the fumble and then losing it out of the back of the end zone. It's like, <laughs> dude, it's first and one at the you know, first and goal at the one yard line. Just, just run the ball in. Don't, don't yeah. challenge that. Waste of a challenge, which Shanahan wasted a challenge, by the way. Anyway, I'm, yes. I don't want to get off track. Um, Caught up in a numbers game. Let's talk about stats. Uh, some interesting ways to go. Stats were very like 1920s ish uh, in yeah. the first half, but we're curious what number you came up with. I go number zero this week, and uh, I saw a next gen stat was on Twitter. Um, that's the zero is the number of targets that Jalen Johnson faced against Trey Lance. Uh, he had 26 uh, snaps in coverage without a target, and that's the third most in a game over the last three years for an outside cornerback. And you mentioned Jalen Johnson a little while ago, and I was going to ask you about his quote. I mean, he he, he plays with a swagger. I mean, he's he's been uh, – he's a bit mouthy, and I like that from my cornerback. I mean, he's he carries it on the field. He wants to be one of the best corners in the game today, and he's going to tell you about it now. So I think this is uh, this is good. I think he – you know, he, he, had, he had the nice punch out. The, the peanut punch style punch out there. So I think he's, I think he's enjoying the new defense and I think uh, he's going to elevate himself to that CB one role league wide this season. Yeah. He could certainly be called out in, you know, a later category as well for what he's done, but it's, it's also hard when you're not 
putting stats in the in the stat book, right? Like yeah. if you don't get targeted, you can't get an interception or a pass defense, right? Like so you're not getting some of those highlight plays if no one's coming at you, which is kind of fascinating. We haven't had that in a long time. As good as Peanut was, he got targeted, right? Like, you know, as good as Kyle Fuller was at his peak, he got targeted. So if this is a trend, which I don't think you can take anything from one game or anything like that, um, but it, but if this is, you know, a real trend here where they're going to start avoiding his side of the field, at least until Gordon can kind of prove himself up, um, that, that really speaks volumes to what the league thinks of him, which is, which is pretty important here. Uh, mine is uh, 11. 11 is the average starting field position on the first four uh, possessions for the Bears. Okay. So they, they got the opening kickoff, started off the 23. Then it was the 12, the 7, and the 2. That averages out to 11. You want to keep going. Then it was the 25, the 23, the 28, and the 16. So their first eight possessions, the average starting field position was uh, behind the 20, was a, at the 17. They finished out the game like starting possessions at the San Francisco 21, at the San Francisco 46, and at the San Francisco 21. So the, like, the total number is going to look fine. But that kind of gives you the feel of the game right where where you really had that like deep in your territory the niners on the other hand they started off at the 43 the chicago 48 the 35 the 48 their first four possessions which is the 44 and a half yard line so you just you got that sense early in the game where the bears just couldn't get anything going i think part of the play calling was they didn't feel comfortable backed up so far into the into their side of the field and it just felt like they couldn't really push out of that and then it took, uh, you know, it took kind of a crazy sequence of events for it to break. Everybody's talking about the busted play to, uh, to Pettis for the touchdown. But if you back up a couple plays before that, it took a face mask on a third and four run yeah. out of David Montgomery that was stuffed to keep that drive going. And and, and that's it was it was rough until that penalty um, gift, gifted them an, a, a fresh set of downs. And then a couple of plays later, that was the third down play. A couple of plays later was, was the uh, broken play past the Pettis. I'm glad you mentioned the field position because there was a lot of uh, complaining going on about how conservative the Bears were. And then, you know, Coach Flus mentioned it in his press press conference that, you know, look, we're backed up most of the day. You know, it, it doesn't make any sense for them to try and do something chancy, especially with talking about the, that rain. It was hard to hold the ball. So why take a chance? I mean, the Bears were in this game. It felt like they weren't at some points there, but you know they were playing conservative. And and you know, and as much as I wanted to see the the new offense open up, you know, they did what they felt they had to do. And again, it ended up in it with 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 a win. So I I still think this offense is going to be a really different than what we what we're used to seeing. Obviously, with the you know old regime, but even this first week when it was as conservative as it was. It was still more of a flow than we've seen the last few years. Yeah, I think I was probably one of those people early on. Particularly, you know, again, up until that face mask call, it felt like they were just trying nothing. They were trying yeah. to just throw some some screens, second they attempt runs. It's like, yeah, oh, they, they, they weren't rolling them out. They weren't getting yeah. them on the move at all. It felt really static, and and I, I wasn't really. I didn't understand it because that's not what we saw in the preseason. It's not what we saw in practice. It's not what we heard was going to happen here. And so it just, it felt real congested and, and it just, you, you just needed it in a way. I was just like, okay, let's just, San Francisco, I hope they just get a field goal here. 
so we can get a kickoff and get out of this. Yeah. Right. Like I was, it was where I was at mentally. Like I'm sick of this. Like this just feels wrong. Let's get a possession that starts, you know, beyond the 20 and, and, you know, that, that happened. And then they, you know, they broke the game a little bit, but it took until the middle late in the third quarter for that to happen. And again, it was a string of events, but um, really crazy. And that, if, if that felt suffocating at the beginning of the game, that's why, you know, average starting field position of the 11 for your first four possessions is, is rough. So, uh, well, let's, let's transition into Justin Fields and the Fields report. Eight of 17 for 121 yards, two touchdowns, one interception, 11 carries for only 28 yards and one epic slide in the end zone as the, the the time expired. So what did you take from Justin Fields' performance in this one? I thought he played as good as he could have played. He had the, the bad interception, obviously, and, and he talked about it in the press conference. He owned it. I mean, that was just a uh, – he didn't see the other guy. I mean, uh, they talked about it in the, uh, in, in the Bears post game as well um, where they said that he could have been obscured because it was too – a linebacker and a safety. He said it's possible he didn't see the other guy because the way the the, the 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 defense was lined up. It happens. Uh, he had the, the second almost pick was just a horrible ball. Uh, again, but we're talking about it was like it was a freaking monsoon out there. So he had no good grip right there. Uh, he was throwing with gloves on. Who knows if that was good or bad or what was going on there. So, but other than those two bad mistakes, the pick and the near pick. He played pretty good football. He was smart. Uh, he ran. He got down. He had to get down. Um, a, a few, a few of his, uh, his his shorter runs, he gave himself up just to get the first down. He got across the line and went right down right right away. Um, and then I think he had three kneels at the end that kind of killed his average a little bit. But I mean, what do you expect from him? You know, at, at this stage, you know, week one, horrible weather, wind, rain. You know, a, a really, really good defense. I think a lot of fans don't realize how good that Niner defense is. And Fields talked about in the press conference that one reason why they didn't do a lot of the bootleg stuff is because how smart the defense is. There was always a guy backside waiting for him. You know, a lot of teams, they chase like the, the backside defensive end. That's how those bootlegs get them. Fields said that the Niners had a guy every single time, very disciplined. So, that has something to do with all the shotguns that we saw uh, the Bears doing so, but overall, pretty good. Yeah, this is—I mean, this is the defense that carried that Niners team to the NFC Championship game. Yep. And if not for a dropped interception by Jaquizzi Tart, that team is in the Super Bowl and maybe even, you know, potentially a Super Bowl champion. So yeah, they were very close last year. It's a new year, but that defense is still really good, um, or, or, or supposed to be really good. So it, it's not crazy that they would have even in a good field conditions, you know, held the bears to limited production, but I'm always going to mention the stats. We're always going to talk about the stats because that's where we start from. I don't think the stats are important at all in a game no. like that because it, it's tough to judge anybody off of that. I think what happened was he was able to keep that offense going his improvisational nature was able to break a couple plays open and that's all that was needed right there was just this is a game where that where the defense kept this team in it and you just needed a couple plays and he was able to provide those couple plays on offense and that's that's what you need that's what you need from your leader that's what you need from your quarterback and he was able to do it he certainly looked better then the, the counterpart on the other side that got drafted well before him. But I don't think you heard anything about that. He's happy to be in Chicago. He's not one of those guys that's publicly addressing 
carrying a chip on his shoulder. He's he's in Chicago. He's happy to be a bear. I'm happy he's a bear. I'd yep. rather have Justin Fields than Trey Lance. Same. Yeah, he 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 talked about it a little bit. They they tried baiting him uh during the week and uh of course they did. He, he wouldn't take it. He said, Hey, I'm happy where I'm at, and he's glad they passed on him. So that's really all he'd say. So like most Bears fans, we're happy he's the guy. All right, we're gonna take a quick break. On the other side of this, we're gonna get into everybody's favorite segment, the three bears. All right, Lester, let's get into the three bears. So this segment, of course, is hot bowl of porridge, cold bowl of porridge, and the just right, basically calling out some great performances, some performances that you know maybe needed a little bit uh, of, of more work uh, this, this week. And then, of course, you know, just where we expect them. So for your hot bowl of porridge, where did you go this week? I'm going Dominique Robinson. I'm taking the layup here. I mean, you mentioned him at the top uh, for the Trent's tribute. Just such a good game from the rookie. Uh, 28 snaps, uh, seven tackles, one and a half sacks, one tackle for loss. And, you know, like I was just impressed. I mean, his his growth from the preseason to week one, you know, he showed a, a different move. You know, that we talked about the grip strength, you know, just a, uh, a a nice game there. Then, you know, I don't know if you caught this in the uh, in the post game. Uh, in the locker room, he he talks about how he picked something up on film from Trent Williams, you know, future Hall of Famer Trent Williams. You know, Dominic Robinson said he picked this up, and I got this off uh, off our guy Zach Pearson's Twitter. Uh, he, he said that he picked up that uh, he would Trent Williams kicked his left foot twice when it's a pass play. Uh, I'm not sure how much that's true, but that's what he said he picked up on film. So look, that shows good football IQ. The rookie's doing that. Um, but, you know, it also shows a little bit of uh, naivety from the kid because keep that in your back pocket. Yeah, yeah don't, don't talk about that. Yeah. yeah. We talk if about he, that after Trent Williams is retired or yeah, yeah. You know, talk about that like later or, you know, between your buddies, right? Yeah. I'm sure he was just so excited, man. If he, sure. he saw something, he had to tell somebody, you know, and right. so, I mean, it was fine. No, but yeah, it's, uh, he definitely gets the hot this week for me. Uh, yeah, that's great. Um, I already mentioned him in the trench tribute, so uh, I'm going a different direction. I think this is where you could talk about Jalen Johnson just because he did have that nice punch out. But I'm going to go with Eddie Jackson. Uh, Eddie Jackson, the much maligned Eddie Jackson in Bears Twitter and Bears World sometimes. But that pick was a thing of beauty uh, where where he uh, is, is able to get into the passing lane and and, t- and take away the ball. He almost had another one at the end of the game. Would have loved to have seen him pad the stat. Would have loved to have seen him take that back for a touchdown because, you know, how much Eddie loves touchdowns. But he had a really nice open field tackle as well. And and I and I, I know people are like, oh, Eddie Jackson got blown up. What was Eddie Jackson supposed yeah. to do at the goal line with Debo Samuel running at a head of steam and he's at like a, a an angle? He's not going to make that play. No. Not, not No free safety is going to make that play. So I'm... I'm not worried about that one, but he made a very nice open field tackle, uh, stopped a guy um, for, for a minimal gain. Very impressed with that. And Eddie just looked like he was kind of back feeling comfortable. And I hope that we're able to re-unlock the Eddie Jackson we all know and love. And I think he deserves a little love in week one. He does. I think I'm going to mention him a little later as well, but just so you know. Okay. <laughs> well, not in the cold bowl, porridge. Not so in the cold so for my cold, I'm going a little unconventional this week. Um, I usually always go with, you know, someone I feel. But this for this cold this week, I'm going with the fun police. Uh, some people are upset 
at the at the slip and slide celebration. Um, oh I, I saw stuff on Twitter and, and on, on Facebook, on social media, and, and you know some comment section that hey, act like you've won before. What the, I, it's the same kind of stuff that happened with the club dub stuff. You know, these guys are professionals. They're playing a game. I'm just curious. These people that are criticizing them having fun and celebrating. I'm assuming they didn't play at a, at a pro level. They played somewhere, somewhere along the way. Were they this miserable when they were kids? <laughs> I mean, seriously, if like if if, if if they won a game, that's a no. It's it's just a first win, not a big deal. You know, celebrate, man. It's a, you, you know, there are only so many of these wins in a lifetime. Enjoy them, dance, be happy, sing, celebrate, whatever you got to do. Hop around, dance, whatever it is. I just don't understand the point of it. How many? How many uh, mud games or like you know pool games have you played in your life? I remember one. I remember we played a mud game as sophomores, and at the end of the game, we went and did you know the, yeah. the dive to like you know dig into the mud because it was you know the celebration, right? And we had fun, like you know playing in mud or playing in snow or playing in you know this pool in this deluge. It's fun. It's different. Yeah. Playing in the element is a different thing. You have an opportunity to go on a slip and slide on Soldier Field after you pulled an upset, after you heard nothing but negative talk from the national media and probably even some of your local media for the last three, four months about how you didn't surround Justin Fields with enough protection. You didn't surround Justin Fields with any wide receivers. They're all garbage. You don't think those guys hear that? You don't think that was a release valve for them to beat the 49ers who were in the NFC Championship game last year? In a rain game, hell yeah! I'm happy that they did that slide. That was fantastic. That so, was fun. and those people that the fun haters don't invite me to your barbecue. I don't, <laughs> I, I'm not interested. I'm not interested because because it's, it's not a good time. It's not going to be fun. I already no. know it. Exactly. How about you? What's your cold this week? All right, cold this week. I think that we have to at least mention Braxton Jones's tough first quarter. He got beat for a couple sacks. I think that that's at least worth mentioning. He did bounce back. Um, looked like he played a pretty solid rest of the game. Only 17 drop, uh, 17 pass attempts from field, so not a lot of pass blocking opportunities for him. But had a very tough uh, first quarter. I do want to mention David Montgomery's line is pretty brutal. 17 for 25. Um, three of those carries at the end of the game were just running out the clock. So even if you take away three carries, it was still rough um, where Khalil Herbert's uh, yards per carry were, were five yards per carry. Herbert looked much better, really shot out of a cannon. I don't know when I went back and watched, I wasn't necessarily like, oh, he just looks terrible. It's, you know, he's still David Montgomery. He's still fighting for yards. I think it was a matter of getting hit in the backfield and not being able to make a guy miss. Uh, maybe the field condition, maybe he's just not a mutter, right? Maybe the field condition for him just didn't, didn't play for his game. But I do think we need to call out David Montgomery for, for just having a rough game statistically. Montgomery was rough. I went back and watched the film and there were a handful of times he got hit behind the line. There were a handful of other times where he kind of like uh, didn't like what he saw and he tried to make something happen where he, probably could have just you know tried to just you know pull forward with what he could but still it wasn't going to get much it was nothing there um as far as herbert goes he had a few more open lanes to run through um i, I just think the way this game kind of played out um it kind of you saw more herbert than i think we're going to see as the year goes on i just think if it was more of a of a traditional offense where there's more passing going on i think you had maybe more more trust abner out there a little bit on occasion uh, more more montgomery in the passing game but Herbert's 
definitely a quality running back. He's got to put the whole thing together, and that's uh, it's a good call on your part talking about Montgomery a little bit here. Yep, I think it's something to watch as we move forward. So, um, just right. Is this where you're? This is my, yeah, you're I'm going Eddie here. Yeah I, yeah, I wanted to make sure I found some place to fit him in uh, during the show, and I wasn't sure if you were, you know. So, yeah, like you said, you know, three tackles. He had the pick, and uh, there was a great tweet by Matt Bowen, where actually he actually breaks down the uh, the interception. Um, it was just a, a different coverage. They had uh, uh, Brisker was the deep deep safety, and uh, Jackson kind of played the the robber safety, where he kind of was uh, up front. And uh, he just read it perfectly. And this is uh, the kind of stuff that he can do because he's always had great instincts. Um, he's never been a, a physical thumper. But like you said, he had a couple nice you know, tackles in here. And I think he's uh, he's on his path back to the Eddie Jackson that we all want to see. Yeah. And hopefully fans are willing to re-embrace Eddie Jackson. I, you know, a lot of fans seem to have made up their minds that they they're did, done with Eddie yeah. Jackson. They're seeking out ways to not like him. I'm a huge Eddie Jackson fan. I'm an Eddie Jackson apologist. Put him in the right position. I think that he'll play well. I'm going to go for my just right with his new battery mate in the back there, Jaquan Brisker. Thought he played a really nice first game. Um, he was Johnny on the spot there with that fumble recovery. I thought I thought he forced it in, in live time, right? It looked like he he forced it with his shoulder. Maybe it was like an assist, but I think that ball was coming out because of the punch out. Um, but he's right there, has the presence of mind to wrap that up as a fumble recovery. So that was nice. But really what got me was that that TFL yes. where the, the Niners look like they were driving for a touchdown. He pops in the backfield, has a tackle for loss. That thing gets stymied. They have to kick a field goal. That was a thing of beauty. And that's what Jaquan Brisker can do for you is he can play in the back end, he can play in the intermediate, and he can play behind the line of scrimmage. And again, I've I said this in the preseason, I think he's going to be a fan favorite real quick. And I think he showed you a little bit of why that is yesterday. We just mentioned two of his roles in the last two segments. I mean, in yours, he's up in the box. I talked about the, the pick from Jackson. He was the deep guy in center field. So he's an all-around safety. You know, I know a lot of fans think they, you know, because he's physical, they, they like that aspect of his game. He can cover. He was good in coverage at Penn State. We've talked about him all, all preseason. Going to be a fan favorite. You know, he has Pro Bowl potential, and uh, it's it's, it's going to happen sooner than later, I believe. Well, great. Well, we are going to close the books on this week one victory. Uh, for those of you that are watching us on YouTube, appreciate you coming and joining us. We'll stick around and, and go through some questions here in a bit. For those of you that are listening and want to check this out, we're going to go live. We think every Monday at six o'clock, as long as the Bears are playing on Sunday, of course, yeah. day after six o'clock. If it's a Monday game, obviously it'll be later in the week. Uh, this is the schedule. And then, you know, Robert's going to be doing the the post game. So if, if you're, you're interested in that. Uh, Bear with me is going to come right after the game. And then we've got a bunch of stuff coming up, right? Bears over beers is going to focus on uh, player evaluations. You're always going to have Bill Zimmerman with good guests uh, with, with Bears banter. You know, Taylor Dahl is killing it with, with her focus on first contract players, making monsters, our new uh, podcast. And then uh, Robert and I are doing the 10 minute drill. And of course you've got T formation at the end of the week to kind of wrap it up. And you've brought on uh, an expert who, incredibly valuable, such a smart idea, bringing on Mason West to uh, actually give you medical, real medical yes, opinions on, on these injuries. It was just like, whoa, this this took T-formation up to a, a whole new level. Uh, and so we're really proud of this, this lineup this year 
make sure you're checking us out wherever you like to get your information. Um, we're really happy about it. We're really excited about it. Get your player of the weekend for your Pratillo's chance. We'll get that hundred dollar gift card out to a winner here in a couple of days. What else going on? Yeah, I, mean, I think you hit it on the head. I mean, we got so much stuff on, on the, on the site, on the YouTube channel and on the podcast channel. I mean, it's, it's jam packed or something for everybody. And, uh, you know, we're excited to how this season's going to play out as far as us on the content creation side, but man, if the bears are going to keep winning, it's going to make it, you know, really exciting. Yeah. It's one of those things where I keep <laughs> saying like, Hey guys, wins and losses aren't important this year. It's about building the foundation. And then the first one, you're like, wins are pretty fun though. Let's do it. Yeah, keep winning. Winning. I like these wins are fun. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, we'll get out of here. Um, thank you so much. And uh, we'll see you next week. Bear down. <laughs>